This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hey everybody, it's Don LaGreca and welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. It'll be our last Game Misconduct of the 2021 portion of the season. I'll be taking some vacation. We've got the holidays, Christmas and everything. We'll be back with you again on January. So thanks for your patience. There's so much to go over, but I guess the biggest thing right now And I guess everybody's got their fingers crossed on what's happening with COVID. Last night's Carolina-Minnesota game was postponed. Already Calgary's got games postponed through the rest of the week. Brad Marchand didn't play in the Bruins' 4-1 loss to the Golden Knights because of COVID. Uh, Devon Taves didn't play for the Avalanche last night in the Ranger game because of testing positive for COVID. Same with Matthew Barzell for the Islanders. So it's piling up, 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 up. And the NHL had a conference call last night to discuss how they can tweak the protocols moving forward they've got no appetite to pause the season but maybe there's some way that they can kind of get around and figure out a way to keep these players safer and the players are very cooperative so that's it Uh, but the other subject uh, is what do we do about the olympics because uh, a month from yesterday january 14th is the line of demarcation when the players have to decide whether they're going to go to the Olympics or not. And and I got a call during the Michael K show. What is the NHL thinking sending these players? This is not the NHL. The NHL does not want to go. They don't benefit from this. The games are going to be at 1 o'clock in the morning. They're pausing their season for over three weeks. But they want to have cooperation with the Players Association. The players want to go. They don't want to have a revolt. Guys like Alexander Ovechkin bailing so he can represent Russia. So the NHL is being cooperative with the players, but they also understand that there are rules that China has where if you test positive, you could be quarantined between three and five weeks. If you're symptomatic, you're going to be in a China hospital for five weeks, unable to leave, way, way, way away from your home and not knowing when you're going to be able to get back. And and already players are apprehensive about it. The PA is going to have a conference call to discuss this further. We still have a month before we have to make their decision, and a lot can happen in four weeks, right? Maybe things get better. Maybe Armacron's not as bad as they thought, and you feel better about going, but maybe it gets worse, and they decide to pull the plug. The issue, though, is that apparently the National Hockey League, after agreeing to let the players go to the Olympics, scrapped the second schedule without the Olympics. So they might actually still have to go dark for three weeks, even if the players don't go. Now, they're trying to work a way around that, but one of the major stumbling blocks is these arenas around the NHL, assuming that there was going to be no hockey for three weeks, booked up their buildings And there may not be any dates for the NHL to play. Now, what the NHL could do with that three-week pause is try to make up some of the games that have been postponed. So far, of the games that have been postponed, only one has been made up. That was the Devil-Ottawa game. So there could be several games to make up. But you might see a situation, let's say, the Rangers having to make up that game against the Islanders, and it might have to get played like on a Tuesday afternoon because that's the only time that the arena could be available. So I'm sure there's ways around it. We'll see. A lot of players still have an appetite to go, even with COVID raging, because they feel like they still want to represent their country and they still think that they're going to be safe. So we'll keep an eye on that. But right now, it doesn't look like the NHL is going to pause, but it's still something that's out there that could still affect games. And you don't want the season to be compromised because of what's been happening with, like, say, the Islanders, who played a lot of games with a lot of players out and have suffered catastrophic losses to where they're at the bottom of the division trying to dig out of it and may run out of time. 
mean, last night they lost to Detroit after they looked like they were gaining some traction. You know, you're telling me Matthew Barzell wouldn't have helped in a 2-1 loss in regulation? So you don't want to have that happen either. So players have to be careful. We want to be able to continue to march forward, but you don't want to see teams just be so decimated that they can't play. The other thing the NHL is going to have to work out is the salary cap. You know, you don't want teams playing shorthanded where they can't call players up from the minor leagues or can't make transactions because they're strapped for cash. You've got to be able to be flexible with the salary cap to allow teams to be able to field or ice a team and allow them to be able to make transaction calls players up and not have to worry about the salary cap. I don't know how you do that. Smarter minds than me are going to have to try to figure that out. But you've got to find a way. You do not want to have a team be shorthanded. You saw it happen in the NBA last night with the Nets having to play a game against the Toronto Raptors with just eight players. The NHL wants to try to avoid that as well. So we got that out of the way. We mentioned the Golden Knights with a 4-1 win over the Bruins. I picked Vegas to win the Pacific Division. And you look at what Calgary is going through with COVID. And you look at Edmonton now in free fall with six consecutive losses, all in regulation, by the way. And whether Anaheim can sustain being in first place, boy, it looks like this could be Vegas' division to win. And let's not forget, they played a lot of time without Pacioretty. Pacioretty's back. He's playing well. He had a couple of goals last night. So I'm liking my pick of the uh, Golden Knights to win the Pacific Division as they beat the Bruins by the final score uh, of 4-1. to So that was a big win for Vegas. I'll get a chance to see them live. I'll be calling the Golden Knights game against the Rangers at Madison Square Garden coming up on Friday. Uh, Lightning, they get Joseph the score in overtime to beat the Kings by the final score of 3-2. to two. So the Lightning moving up the standings. What happened to the Panthers? Uh, they get crushed by the Senators 8-2. to two. Is there a bigger enigma in the league than Ottawa honestly I mean sometimes they just like they're dead as a doornail they had to go through COVID games postponed and then they turn around and go to Florida beat the Panthers by the final score of eight to two just a a shocking development there as Kachuk gets his 12th goal of the season and he scores on the power play same with Paul as well and they roll uh, with the uh, big big um, eight goal barrage as they win and try to keep their uh, head afloat there in the um, Atlantic Division. I got a tweet um, not too long ago about what's going to happen with Tippett in Edmonton and what's going to happen with Ruff in New Jersey. Uh, well, New Jersey's just a mess around. Two wins in their last 10. Uh, they lost three in a row. Flyers are starting to find some traction here as they pick up another win. Starting to look good. Cam Atkinson with the hat trick. They just dismantle the Devils 6-1. Six to, six to one. Devils now 10-12-5. So when you think about it, you've played 27 games and only won 10 of them. So New Jersey in a bit of trouble. Uh, Montreal, mark my words, they're going to end up being the worst team in the league. Arizona is right now, but Montreal just can't score. They're a mess. Penguins beat them 5 to two, uh, five different goal scorers for the Penguins in that one. Red Wings with a two to one win over the Islanders. I told you about no Matthew Barzell, so the Red Wings are able to take advantage there. Rasmussen Rasmussen gets the game winning goal uh, at twelve fifty five of. Uh, period number three to snap uh, the 1-1 tie. Sabres with a 4-2 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg also a bit of an enigma there. Can't lose at home to Buffalo. Uh, the Blues double up the Stars 4-1. Talk about enigmas. Dallas had an eight-game winning streak. Now they've lost four in a row. And you take a look at that Central Division, and you better be careful. Minnesota is legit. Nashville is playing tremendous hockey. And Colorado, who won again last night against the Rangers 4-2, 
Dallas might be in a little bit of trouble here. They got to be able to find uh, somewhere to go. And I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Ben Bishop announced his retirement for the National Hockey League. Had an emotional press conference, and he was a heck of a player. And uh, sad to see him uh, leave the league. The Avalanche with the four-two win over the Rangers, and and the big talk around the Blue Shirts is going to be now six, seven, and one against teams with a winning record. All right, crushed twice by Calgary. Lost five to one to open the season against Washington. Lost both games against Colorado seven to three to four to two. So that's going to be a topic around the Rangers who've been crushing opponents that are below them in the standings, but playing only about five hundred. This was a much better game than last Wednesday when they were crushed seven to three. Georgiev I thought was strong. This Avalanche team has got big bodies, right? Niskushkin is huge um McCarr is big Rantanen's big you know how good Nathan McKinnon is I just don't know if they've got the goaltending to be able to win a cup we'll see if they make a deal uh, Kemper's been good for them but this Avalanche team even without Landeskog even without Taves just almost impossible to stop and you know the Rangers Kreider now hasn't scored in four or five games Zabanajad's been a bit of an issue as far as trying to score consistently Panarin has been a turnover machine I don't know if you've noticed these cross-ice passes are ridiculous he's telegraphing these passes but still the Rangers fought back Lafonier had a big save on the empty net batting it out of the air um and uh they got the goal late from uh um from Gauthier and they came very close to tying the game. A couple of great opportunities from Kreider down the stretch uh, before Natushkin got the uh, the what turned out to be the backbreaker off a faceoff breakaway on Georgiev uh, to finish off the Rangers four to two. Oilers, as we mentioned, six consecutive losses for them. They're in free fall. Matthews with a couple of goals now has twenty on the season. And the Canucks are becoming a tremendous story. They that they do nothing but win with Bruce Poudreau as the head coach. Four straight wins i mean is it i i vote for coach of the year the jack adams you know if they find a way to get into the playoffs how do you not give bruce boudreau the jack adams for coach of the year here's the thing i've gotten to know bruce i did some shows with him ej's pretty close to him you know yeah he did a great job in washington did a great job in anaheim he did a great job in minnesota although i think probably people were disappointed they didn't go farther Uh, but the thing with him He's such a good guy. He's such a likable guy. And when you get a tension convention like you have in Vancouver, and then he comes in with a smile on his face, and he just lightens the load. We'll see if this is sustainable for Vancouver right now. They're still under 500, but they're getting tremendous play from uh, Horvat now. They're starting to get better play all around. The goaltending has been good, but Bruce Boudreaux has been a breath of fresh air there. And no offense to Travis Green or Benning and everybody that was cleaned out last week, but Bruce has really put a stamp on on Vancouver. I'm rooting for him. He's such a good guy. And just a quick story about just how good a guy he is. First of all, he's a big wrestling fan, which you wouldn't suspect. And of course, everybody knows he was an extra in Slapshot. But... uh, I forget what year it was. Rangers were playing the Capitals in the playoffs, and there was an overtime. And I was doing the ice level, and this is back at the um, when I say old Garden before the Garden was refurbished. And I, they're coming out after the intermission during overtime, and I was standing in his way. I just didn't know where to put myself, and I was actually too close to the Capitals bench. And Bruce, I was blocking his way from entering the bench. And if it was any other coach, John Tortorella would have tore me to pieces. If this had been any other coach, I'm sure they would have clobbered me over the head. He tapped me on the shoulder said, excuse me. 
And I'm thinking, isn't that amazing? I mean, he's in the middle of an overtime in the playoffs, and this yo-yo's blocking his way. He doesn't know me from Adam at the time. And instead of pushing me aside or complaining or getting security to drag me out by my tongue, uh, he taps me on the shoulder and just says, excuse me. I thought that was the coolest thing. Anyway, Kraken win over the Sharks, 3-1. to one. The Kraken's starting to play better, still under 500. Uh, Sharks got to be careful here because that Pacific Division, as we mentioned, is just so wide open and the competitive balance is starting to change so playing just 500 san jose five and five so they've been lucky that edmonton's kind of fallen apart here but san jose looked like they had a pretty much a stranglehold in that top three position now drop uh to fifth uh in the standings and the battle for the wild card now in the west becomes interesting as they now drop the fourth in the wild card they've got 31 points, just a point back of Edmonton uh, and Nashville starting to look good first place there. So that's all the stuff that's going on in the National Hockey League right now. Want to close it out with your tweets at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Uh, Let's talk to Chris who says, if the Flyers have no choice of making the playoffs near the deadline, how likely is it that... or have if the Flyers have no chance of making the playoffs near the deadline, how likely is it that Claude Giroux would waive his no movement clause? And what could the Flyers get for him? And is a trade for Alex Newhook a realistic return? Newhook has played very well on a third line for Colorado. Uh, Giroux though would really put them over the top from an offensive standpoint. But I like Newhook, you know, getting a chance to play with Obey Kubel, former Philadelphia Flyer as well. I'm not sure how much they'd want to toy with their offense. Giroux is a player that is. He's getting a little older now, but I think he'd be a great addition to a team that's looking to get over the hump that needs maybe a little bit more of an offensive push. Um, but I don't think the Flyers are making the playoffs despite this little bump. I, I would love to see him wave his no-trade clause and get a chance to maybe to win a cup somewhere. I, I think he'd be a great addition to any team looking to make the playoffs. GT says, how much of the Rangers' fast start do you think is sustainable and how far, for, uh, how far uh, do you see it realistically going this season? We said it when they were hot with only like the, the, the two or three regulation losses that they were not as good as their record indicated. And I knew that eventually they'd come back down to earth. I still think they're a playoff team. But here's the problem with the Rangers when it comes to offense. They're a little too streaky. And, and you figure that Kreider was going to slow down. He was on pace for 60 goals, so no surprise that he slowed down here. What's going on with Sabanajad? Maybe you can get a little bit more from Panarin. But I think... Uh, Kako's starting to play better. Lafreniere a little bit better, but still maybe not what they expected at this rate for the growth. Uh, Got to get Igor Shosturkin back. So I still think they're a wild card team. Maybe the highest they can finish is third near division. I'd still be very disappointed if they missed the playoffs. But flirting with the top spot in the division, that's they're just not good enough for that right now. Uh, not where we um, settle in here. But uh, I still think they're a playoff team. David says, uh, John Morosi was on Seattle radio last week and expressed concern regarding uh, Grubauer's play. Although his numbers are small sample size, I've been liking um, the, the play of the backup goaltender, Drager. Um, should uh, Drager get more starts going into the 2022 part of the schedule? They've been disappointed in Grubauer. 
for sure. So I do think a goaltending um, mix-up could happen there a little bit. Again, Seattle's kind of just building for the future, but you never know, especially with you saw what uh, St. Louis did a couple of years ago, worst team in the league on January, and they made a run. I don't see them making the playoffs, but Grubauer has been a bit of a disappointment. I think they were expecting more from him this year. Uh, Tony says, what is the biggest story we will be saying at the end of the 2022 uh, season or year. My guess is how Ovechkin will be striking distance of Gretzky's goal record. Well, he's he's going to pass Howe, and he's probably going to pass Howe by next year. So let's look at it now. Let's say he finishes somewhere in the neighborhood of 780 at the end of the season, which I guess are 775. That means sometime... Uh, probably in the middle of tw- of next year, he is going to pass Howe for second all time. That'll still put him like 94, 93 goals away from Gretzky. That's still a, a two really good seasons for Ovechkin, but I do think he's got an excellent chance to break the record. And I would do I do think at some point next year he will pass Howe, which is pretty amazing stuff. Um, Fabio says, "Do you think the Rangers make any moves at the deadline this year? Do they add a right winger? Do they make a big splash? Is Nemeth on the block?" Well, here's the thing with Nemeth. Nemeth played well, ton of block shots. Now, Hayek is back, and I think he played well in the two games that he played against Nashville and last night against Colorado, even though they both came in losses. So you do have that spare defenseman. Jared Tenorti, I don't think, has a future here. Uh, Lundquist certainly does. So could Nemeth be a trading piece? Yes, if you had to give up the defenseman. I think people are going to ask for some of the uh, younger players on the blue line, to be honest with you, rather than a journeyman in Patrick Nemeth. I do think... If Drury believes this team needs a piece, he'll go out and get it. A right winger is certainly somebody you'd love to be able to get so Kreider can play a more natural position. Um, I do think they will make a deal. I do. Uh, I won't guarantee it. I'm not sure who ends up moving, but they do have some young players that just are landlocked by where the Rangers are. There's some cap relief the Rangers are looking for. Obviously, Eichel wasn't somebody you're looking at. Could, Could a Kessel be somebody they go after are you willing to do that arizona is going to be selling off pieces for sure is phil kessel somebody that you want to add that would really certainly help from a power play perspective and certainly help with some goal scoring could be a a, a fun trading deadline yankee penguin says hi don where do you think andre vasilevsky will rank amongst all-time goalies when it's all said and done happy holidays well you're talking about a guy who's going to win a couple of veznas by the time his career is over he's got a couple of stanley cups i mean he puts them right in the conversation now from an all-time stat perspective he's probably in the mark andre flurry conversation um maybe he passes lundquist because he would have more cups but he is right there in the conversation i think he's better than jonathan quick who's got a couple of uh, Stanley Cup uh, championships under his belt. So I think when it's all said and done, Vasilevsky is going to be in the conversation as one of the great goaltenders of his generation. So underappreciated because he's been on such great teams, you know, because they're so loaded there in Tampa. And he doesn't jump to mind as a guy that's stealing a lot of cups, but still outstanding, outstanding um, player. Uh, JJ says... um, Hey, Don, can you give us a quick top five of the best NHL dynasties of all time? I would say 
uh, had to win at least three cups in a short amount of time. Well, right off the top of my head, you look at those 70 Canadian teams were just unbelievable. Probably the greatest hockey ever played. Early 70s, you look at that dynasty team of the Islanders, were absolutely terrific. Uh, the Edmonton team that won three championships in five years and probably should have won four, if not for uh, the, the the huge mistake that you saw uh, low have on defense against the Calgary Flames, but certainly the Edmonton Oilers would have to be up there. Um, when you look at the the, the recent teams, because we can go back into the original six era and t- kind of takes the fun out of it, right? Because Montreal just had so many great teams. Um, but when you talk about the three, that eliminates Pittsburgh's two runs. That elim- You know, the Devils, they had three cups in what, an eight, nine year span. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks, same thing. So if you wanted to go into the modern era, you probably would have to talk about. So let's, let's, let's take it over the last 30 or so years or 40 or so years. Um, well, let's go last, last 50, because including Montreal. Montreal will be number one of the 70s. Number two would be the Islanders of the 80s. Uh, number three would be Edmonton of the 80s. And then I would probably go Blackhawks and Devils as four and five, because they did win the three cups in that span of time. So just off the top of my head, and if you're upset with me, at Don LeGreca, hashtag game misconduct to show your displeasure. All right, this is a lot of fun. Um, again, it's hectic. It's crazy with the schedule. I'm going to be hosting for Michael uh, solo, so not, I have a lot of time during the day to prepare prepare for a podcast i'm not going to be able to do it when i'm on vacation so i figure let's just have one big show here to kind of wrap up the 21 portion of the season so i will be tweeting letting you know exactly when after the first of the year we'll be back obviously if there's a big story if the league pauses you know we'll have updates along the way but let's just settle it in for here and we'll do more coming up in january you guys make an effort to listen to this podcast and i really really appreciate it um so best of holidays to everybody have a great and healthy new year try to keep away from covid try to stay healthy we want you back for 2022 it's gonna be a great second half of the season should be a lot of fun so listen you want to reach out to me at don lagreca hashtag game misconduct always the best way to do that so please stay in touch have a great holiday uh thanks to ej raddick as well who's been great through the first half of the season uh coming on every monday and helping us out there so thanks to everybody anthony pusick tremendous job by him as well throughout uh, the course of the first half of the season is helping us out editing all my mistakes booking the guests and playing the sound uh, behind so great job out of anthony as well we will reconvene in 2022 have a great holiday have a happy new year this was the wednesday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with don mcgrecca